Welcome to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast, where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, talk about three games, honorable mentions, future games, and a few other odds and ends in order to have a little video game conversation. With me as always, El Rey. What's going on, everybody? Tonight, our guest is a multi-time Mario Golf champion, an avid Mario Kart driver. The man just became a master just a few months ago, actually. It is C3.gg slash Jedi Johan. Jedi, say hi to everybody. Hello there. How See what are I did you there? You know, keep with the name. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Jedi? I'm doing well. I'm I'm glad to be here. Very excited to be here talking with you guys. Um, looking forward to some great discussions going on. Yep, I just saw Master Jedi, by the way. Make sure we give the proper respects to the man. The man I watched, I've watched over the past year, I'd say, with uh, the constant updates of the Master's program and getting all that done. So a late congrats on that, but I'm going to put it here in the podcast so everyone knows about it. And with that, we're going to start with our first game on the list. And this is a first. We have a board game starting out our top three list here. It is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle Board Game. Uh, Jedi, tell us, how, how are we getting a board game as our top game tonight? Oh, for me, board gaming is not that different from doing video games. In fact, I have a monthly board game group that we actually started off playing video games. And then as more people started coming to the group, we merged and just morphed into uh, playing board games because you could get more people playing at once. And so for me, it was kind of a nice uh, transition and segue but back and forth between them. Uh, but Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle became our family's lockdown board game time. Um, that was our family time during the lockdown, during those several months when we were just at home with nothing to do. My girls were starting to get into Harry Potter. And so I found that game. I was like, we'll give it a shot. And just, we absolutely fell in love with it. Just a wonderful game. I know, uh, El Rey, you've said that you've played it and that you have it. It's it's a uh, four-player, two-to-four-player cooperative deck-building game. Uh, which is just a blast. And the thing that I really love about it is it's set up campaign style. So as you open up the box, uh, you'll find these smaller boxes in there. There's boxes one through seven that coincide with the books and you go through there. So first you're going through, you know, the first book and then the second book and you just progress and unlock more stuff. And it just becomes a wonderful time of just building. But then when you finish it off, you get a play However you want, you can mix up the villains from the different movies and books and just it's it's one of those things we just kept playing it over and over. And my girls absolutely loved it. And so, of course, being who I am, I had to just jump all in. There were two expansions for it. So I got both of the expansions for it. I found 3D printed tokens instead of the little cardboard tokens. I found a wooden insert that wasn't for this game, but it was close enough that I got it. I modified it and now I can fit the base game and both expansions into one box. So I've got it all there. So I, I'm just nerding out as this and just having that t family time. It's just been an absolute blast. So with the seven books, did you guys, like, would you do one book and then end it for the night and then pick another night to the next book? Or did you do multiple books in one night? How, how did it go about playing? So, yeah, we did. Typically, we would do one at a time, partly because it says that it's for 11, age 11 and up. But my youngest was five years old and she could play it. 
And actually, we very just modified a couple things on her turn, nothing too crazy, so she could play it. So we couldn't really do more than one at a time. And there were a couple when it got towards the later, when you've got a lot going mm -hmm. on, that we ended up breaking up one of the... We play for a couple hours, stop, and then come back and finish up an hour the next day. So, so yeah, it was a blast. We went through all seven of those books. I think we only had to repeat one of them once because we didn't complete it. And then we got the expansions, and each of the expansions comes with four new boxes in it. And so we did the first box of one expansion and the first box of the next one and just zigzag back and forth between it. So Yeah, and for anyone that doesn't know, you know, it's a deck building game, but the villains also build. So once you you know you fill in the villains in book one and then book two, you have to do them all again, plus the book two villains on top of it. So it could take up a lot of time kind of getting through, especially the late books. The replayability is great because of that, because once you get through all of it, you can choose and pick different scenarios and it'll say use these villains these four villains and then draw another random six and so that just the replayability is wonderful with this and so when your family played did you all have assigned characters or did you switch it up because the characters all have kind of special abilities and kind of like jobs so you you know you kind of have to work together to win the thing they do and the you in the base game, you've got four characters to choose from. You've got Harry, Hermione, Ron, and then you've got Neville. Those are the four that you can pick from. The expansions add two more characters. So the one of the expansions is the uh, Monster Box of Monsters, and that adds Luna as a playable character. And then the second expansion is the Charms and Potions, and that adds Jenny Weasley as the sixth possible. Um, we all pretty much had our characters that we stuck with. The first couple, we kind of tried different ones, see who it ended up being. I ended up always being Ron. My wife always ended up being Neville. Then once we got Jenny unlocked, one of my daughters was Jenny Weasley, and then the other mostly was Hermione, would be Harry sometimes. And the great part about the characters is as you go through the through the stories, you start unlocking different abilities so you can unlock their Patronuses. And then once you get into the expansions, you can add charms and different abilities. So it kind of becomes also an engine building type mechanic where so if your character works really well with spells, then you pick the charm that works well with spells and the Patronus that works well with spells. And you just keep building and rolling. So it ends up rolling and just stacking up. And so to me with Ron, that's what I would do. I would find ones that work really well. So there was a charm that works well with him. And Hermione's Patronus works well with Ron because they're all based on spells. And so it would just start rolling. My wife would being Neville would pick a charm that has to do with healing because Neville, his ability is healing. And so he would heal. <clears throat> she would pick a charm that's with healing and a Patronus with it. So as it just kept going, every time she was healing, she was healing a lot. And so we started working with that. The five-year-old, she didn't quite understand all that. She was just having fun. <laughs> so, But she knew what she wanted to do and how to do it. And we learned and adapted with that. And we built our characters so that we could play with her. Yeah, I'll say I'm just so happy to have the board games talking about here because especially I love the deck building games and you know the cooperative ones, kind of the building those stories. Like I'm a big fan. So good, great first game to have on this list. Yeah, and the great thing is, and I mentioned my board game group that I play with regularly. One of the guys is not a fan of Harry Potter. He's just not a real big fan of it. But I played it with him one time, and 
he looked at me, he goes, so is this something that you can play, not be a fan? I was like, yes, you know, because we know board games and stuff. And it got to the end. He's like, I'm glad you knew that because he goes, I know nothing about Harry Potter and I enjoyed the enjoy the game because the cards tell you everything. You don't have to be a fan of Harry Potter to enjoy the game. Now we lost that game, but it, it worked well. And he knew because the cards said what happens. But an interesting thing is they also have a Toy Story skin of this game. Uh, it doesn't have the expansions, but there is a Toy Story version of it. I haven't played it yet, but so if you're into Toy Story, that might, might be an option to look at. All right, so we we let Jedi stray into the world of board games, which will be coming. It's on the runway for Channel Three, so don't worry. By the time uh, all is said and done, it'll be on there. We're going to move from the Harry Potter world into the Star Wars world, talking about 1993's X-Wing, starting off a string of flight simulator games set a few months before A New Hope. But you know what? I, I got to say, normally I like to come in and start with, hey, here's the rating from the library. I dropped the ball. I've got TIE Fighter loaded into the library. I don't have X-Wing in there, and I'm getting a head shake from Jedi right now that is letting me I, know I that's not acceptable. Over and over. I haven't put it in the game request. I keep dropping hints whenever it comes up. Oh, you know, I would pick X-Wing, but since it's not there, I'm going to pick TIE Fighter. So, subtlety's an art form. So we'll, we'll get that. <laughs> uh, that. That will be done before bedtime tonight, I'm sure. So t- tell us, why X-Wing? Why, of all the Star Wars games, how'd that one end up here? So I, as I was thinking I, about this, what is my favorite Star Wars game? Because I figured with my name, people would want to know that. What's the Star Wars game? And this is the... I don't want to say the first Star Wars game. I played, you know, Empire Strikes Back on the NES first, but this is the game that I got into. On our home PC, you know, back in the day when it was kind of a big deal, you have a home PC. My parents would get me flight simulator games. So I had, you know, the Microsoft flight simulator and I would play that and I had a blast doing that. And, you know, then I had some battle games. I had an A-10 where you were flying, attacking tanks and different stuff with that. And then being a Star Wars fan, I found X-Wing and I played it and it was just one, it was the first experience I had of feeling like it was a really open Star Wars world. I'm sure if I went back and played it, it would feel a little more streamlined now. But this was just one. You could be flying around. You could just fly through space. If there's a TIE fighter over there you want to shoot, great. If you want to fly away from it, you could just fly all over, spend the whole time just flying around. So for me, that's been a game that really, when I think about Star Wars games, I've compared every Star Wars game I've played to that game. I just absolutely fell in love with it. And as you mentioned, it continued on with the TIE Fighter and then uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and all those. And I remember, you know, there was the Nintendo Power, but then I also had the Star Wars Insider Magazine. And so I remember when they were announcing TIE Fighter and all those games and just getting ready for it because of how much I loved X-Wing. And the cool thing was they had a strategy guide that was like 300 pages for this because they worked in like almost like a novel in it. So it developed a character. You went through, they, you read through this, but then it walked through the different ways to do the different missions. And I just remember being, you know, in middle school, just absolutely loving that and just that whole Fight simulator, but in space and Star Wars and shooting TIE fighters. And it's just, like I said, every Star Wars game I've played, I've had to compare to that one. Which I'm going to also do a little shift back to the board game tabletop because there's a X-Wing miniature uh, game that came out that I did my hardest not to play it. 
because I knew what would happen. It's got a three by three mat and you've got these little miniatures of X-Wings and TIE Fighters and the different ships and you roll dice and you just push them around on the board. I knew what would happen. So I never played it. And then finally I did. And now I've got hundreds of these stupid little miniatures and I'm not even going to mention how much money I've spent in it, but it's been a blast. And it's because it's that same feel of this just open, you're there. It's a free flying, go out, do the mission, which I just absolutely love. I, I'm not an attorney, but I will let you know you have no requirement to let anybody know under the Fifth Amendment about anything spending wise on that one. So just stick to your story, stick to your guns with that one. <laughs> We're also recording this right after Black Friday. I'm also not going to talk about what I spent for Black Friday. <laughs> Jed, I got to tell you though, it's funny because you, when you brought up X Wing and talking about really cracking that the first time, and pr- probably like any, every generation has that Star Wars game that does that, even with the Super Star Wars or the NES. You know, when you get Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, and I just remember even with that doing the side scroller and the first time deflecting a blaster bolt, I'm like, oh yes, using the lightsaber, and you get that, you get that rush. And Shadows of the Empire is the same thing as you're really doing the Battle of Hoth and uh, going through that. And I, you know, I talked about previously on another one about Fallen Order and just that one just kind of opening up the entire world. And then there's a whole bunch of them. Even Squadrons was a really good Star Wars experience. But like you said, I just remember with X-Wing, just you know, that that was one. We got the joystick for the computer, and I just remember really cracking that thing open. And like you said, it's, pr- it's probably pretty linear when you, you go back and look at it now, but it is just wide open in there as you're sitting there like, I'm really in it. I'm looking around the stars, and everything's moving around me, and I see the control console, and yes! And using the keyboard, because obviously I don't remember it now, but each key on the keyboard you could go and you could look at different panels in your cockpit, and it was just a wonderful experience. And that's one of the things I love about the Star Wars games is whatever generation you're at, you're being dropped into the world for the first time with that game that you play, no matter where you're at, like you said, whether it was with X-Wing or if it was one of the newer ones. That first time you play a Star Wars game, there's something special about it because now this grand world that you've been viewing and reading, you now get an experience. And it's it's just a wonderful experience. I also loved you talking about the 200-page addendum to it because that is truly Star Wars fashion as well. Yeah, sure, you've got this, you know, 120 minute movie but don't worry we've got 500 pages explaining to you who that guy third from the left in the bar is and what his entire life story is so that tracks perfectly for star wars yes and i'm i'm the nerd that loves reading all of those so yeah we're not going to get into the erasure of the expanded universe we're going to move into game three on that note and we're going to talk about as mentioned in the in the opening here multi-time champion here for the dad gaming but that may or may not be the focus of this conversation but game number three is mario golf super rush a recent uh, probably the most recent entry uh, of the bunch here 4.2 rated on channel three because of the uh amount of people on channel three who are involved with the dad gaming a frequent uh frequently featured game on the clip of the week but tell us uh, how'd super rush end up on the list here it's funny because you two especially you two are going to laugh at this when they first announced it i wasn't sure if i was going to get it or not because and i just see dan laughing because um played games like this that have just been gimmicky i was i've never played a mario golf i hadn't played any of the other ones because basically i went from nes to the Wii. So there's a whole bunch of games that I've just skipped over. Um, so I hadn't played a Mario Golf, but it just seemed almost gimmicky 
that was like, okay, it's a Mario. You're going to have these funny little shots and do things. But really, it was all the cart dads who were saying that they were going to get in, getting real excited about getting it. And I was like, okay, I'll get it. And then the fact that it came out around Father's Day, which a whole site, they released it the week after Father's Day instead yeah. of on Father's Day, but whatever. We need to have a chat with their marketing people. The, the, the fact that that ball was dropped to release that game a week after is still mind-blowing to me. <laughs> That's up but there so, with, they, with when they did the first remake of Halloween. Didn't they release that after Halloween or no? It was Doctor Sleep. The uh, I'm, I'm segueing into the movie discussions again. But when they released the sequel to The Shining, they released it the week after Halloween. Someone deserved to be fired for that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's just dumb. But but that's what it was. It was all the dads that we play cart with saying, you know what, I'm going to get this game. I'm going to get this game. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get this game. And man, I just loved it. Just fell in love with it. The gimmicky, the special shots and stuff didn't seem gimmicky it seemed natural in the mario world and going through there especially being from kart it's almost like mario kart on the golf course because you're rushing in your speed and then you've got oh i've got this special shot now i'm going to blast you with this and that whole element of it i just absolutely loved and just sat and played and went through the rank matches unlocking some stuff and just going just had an absolute blast and for me really biggest part about why this game is so high for me why i want to talk about is because of the online play yeah i'll admit it if you're playing solo it's probably not a great game it's it's an average game it's a hey i've got some time nothing to do i'll do this it's the online play where it really shines and especially with those of us who play in the dad gaming league we're always on voice chat talking with each other just having a blast before we did this dan and i were just playing in a match and we went the whole time just tying on it we were playing a format where you got points if you won the hole and we didn't gain points because we kept tying the whole time and then finally on the last hole bits dad got it and got all the points and the game ended and it was it was just but it's just that bond that we've built playing it's like hey i've got some free time who wants to play you know that we all mostly play on sunday night but then there's some of us that play saturday mornings and just random times hey i got some free time who wants to play and we get on and we get in the voice chat and we're just talking not only about the game but about other things about life and that's what for me it's really about and why this game is special to me not just because of the game but because of these bonds and these friendships that we've built online over it I had no idea when the first trailer for the game dropped that speed golf was going to be an essential element of how we played the game. I'm not sure even if we did just stroke play how interesting it would be. And I'd probably say, you know, Ray and I, we we did that one, you know, tournament, like a one night tournament thing. And the the, the stroke play, not as interesting to watch or as interesting to to cast in that case. But the speed golf was way more exciting and way more fun, especially like you said with the the voice chat, because You've got people that are ramming into each other. You can draft off of people, much like in Mario Kart. There's some some pretty interesting functionality there as well. And I just have to say this for Ray, that somewhere in the darkest timeline, we're having a different version of this conversation where Battle uh, Mario Strikers Battle League actually is the game that landed. Because I came into what? that one. Everything about the way that Mario Why are we talking approached. about this? <laughs> we're not talking about Strikers. I'll, I'll say it's because this, of I, Mario I feel Ball. personally attacked by this conversation right now. Because of Mario Golf, I was going to buy Strikers, 
But that came out the week of my graduation. It came out the day before my graduation. So I was traveling for graduation and then I had a class trip after that. So I didn't get the chance to buy it till I got back. And then I saw everybody talking. I was like, okay, well now I can hold off. So yeah, you lucked yeah, you lucked out on that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stray away from the Literally. darkest timeline. We're gonna stray like, away from the darkest uh, timeline now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just it's absolutely unacceptable. You just bring that up. I mean, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't emotionally ready to bring this Every, up again. It was just funny that everything, the way the Jedi was describing it, like I remember the chat that we all had when the first trailer dropped from Mario Golf Super Rush that we were all like, oh, it's on. We are we are getting this. This is on brand. And that was before we even knew what the you know all the play looked like. It just looked like a good, clean game that we could have some fun with. And like, hey, let's let's do some golf. We get, Sundays are for golf. We kind of started with that whole thing. And then, uh, like I said, it was just funny that Mario Strikers came out. I never played that one, much like Jedi described. So everything he was saying about Mario Golf, like, oh, I didn't play that before. It looks like it's, the, you know, they got the power shots and specials and everything. I'm sorry. I had to veer into the darkest timeline. Come on back. Move the honorable mansions, right? Move the honorable mansions. We're moving on. We're moving on to honorable mentions section. So a couple extra games that Jedi wants to talk about. And the first one on the list, let me tell you right now, this is one I have never heard of before. It's It kind of amazes me, the things that we can make games out of. But it is Bob Ross, Art of Chill Board Game. Please, what, what do you... How do you how do we make a game out of out of Bob Ross? Explain this exactly. one, please. It's one of those games. It was a Target exclusive when it first came out. And I remember one of my buddies was going through Target, saw it, sent a picture of it to me. We were laughing. We were joking about it. Then we got it. Oh, my goodness. Is it a good game, regardless of what the theme is? It's one of those games you play because it's, oh, it's Bob Ross. Happy little trees. It's going to be fun blast. It is a good game with good mechanics. And when I play this with my board game group, we all finish. We're like, that's a solid game. In fact, all the board game channels and different uh, reviewers that we watch, they're all like, you have to take Target exclusives seriously now because of this game. It's a that good of a game. And basically what it is, is you've got like, some of Bob Ross's pictures. And it shows you what colors and what paint supplies you need to paint the trees or the clouds or the mountains. And you have to collect those supplies and be the first to paint that part of the picture and then you go through and you work up the chill meters instead of victory points they call it chill meter and you go through and you get to the end and just everybody's had a good time everybody's laughing and like i said it's got solid mechanics and so it's one of those games that people are like oh it's bob ross but i'm like no this is this if you get a chance to check this out you need to do it because it's a blast i was gonna say target i i think target's kind of like my go-to place to look for board games because you're right they have those exclusives. I've had certain portions of board games that they say are only going to sell a target. I mean, they, they come through with some good ones there, so I believe it. All right, your second honorable mention, we steer back to the NES. You mentioned before the Wii was the NES. Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle. 4.2 rated. I'm kind of surprised. I didn't realize it was going to be that high. Uh, I remember adding it to the library, and sure enough, people were, were jumping in there on it. The crazier part about it is that it's one of those games that they just reskinned, right? It's just there's different versions of it in Japan. I don't know if you know it's Mickey Mouse over there. It, they just have done all sorts of different stuff with the Crazy Castle franchise through the course of time. But tell me about Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle and how that ended up as an honorable mention. 
So yeah, it's a game. Basically, it's what is your Bugs Bunny. You're running around this crazy castle, going up and down stairs, trying to avoid all the bad guys and collect carrots on each level. There's, I believe, a hundred levels that you got to work your way through. Um, the reason this made it on the list for me is because it's one of the two games that I, three games if you count Duck Hunt, a few games that I remember my dad playing with me. So we played Duck Hunt, we played Bugs Bunny, Crazy Castle, and Tetris. And we would play those together. And the thing is, I, I didn't know it until much later. When we got it, it was one day we were playing through it. And then us kids had to go to bed. And him and my aunt stayed up all night playing and beat the game. And you could write down the codes and everything to so you could get to the levels. And they went through and they beat the game so that then the next day when we were playing, he could help me out. That's one of the few times that I remember my dad playing video games with me. But the reason this is really on there now is because now when I hook up the NES, it's the game my kids want to play because they've played it. And so now I get to be in that position, help them out and show them. And I just hooked up the NES the other day and first words out of my daughter's mouth was, can we play Bugs Bunny? So for me, that's why I just love that bond from my dad to me and now from me to my kids. And so it's such a special game that I will always cherish that. Hey, separate note on the Bugs Bunny note, If for a little bonding time with the kids, if you have access to HBO, their update to the Looney Tunes on there, really solid, just so we're clear. <laughs> little detour there before we move on to the uh, final board game, Honorable Mention. So the last one, I'm so happy this one's on the list because I see it all the time, and every time I'm like, oh, I should get it, and then I don't end up getting it. So I need you to tell me now why I need to go get it. King of Tokyo board game, and that's like, there's a whole series of King of Tokyo, right? It's not just yes. one game. Yeah, there's King of Tokyo that has some expansions to it. And then they have King of New York. Yeah. And so the reason King of Tokyo is here is because it's the modern board game that really got me into board gaming. When we first started playing games with my board game group, this was the one that we pulled out. We played it and we played for a long time. It's just one of those having a blast games. We Everybody just loves it. And everybody that I've played with, they're like, yeah, this is, can we play again? Can we play again? And the best way to describe it is, you know, playing King of the Hill. One person controls area. Everybody's trying to get to it. So you're playing King of the Hill with monsters and Yahtzee all in one. And that's what it is. So basically you have six die and you're rolling them and you're matching stuff up, whether it's an attack or health and you're a monster and you're in Tokyo trying to control Tokyo and you get victory points for each round that you stay in Tokyo. If you're in Tokyo and you roll hits, you hit all the other monsters. However, on their turn, they're only attacking you. So there's a lot of back and forth earning energy so that you can buy special abilities it's just a fun game. And yes, next time you see it, you need to buy it and play it. It's it's just a blast. And really, the more people you have to play, the better. It's one of those games. It's It'll play, I think, two to six. It's better with five or six. It, it, it always is. The, the board games, you, you always want, you need the big group. You need the different personalities to figure out who works together, who clashes against one another. I mean, that's, that's what the board games are about. I love it. Jedi, you're not legally required to answer this as your attorney. I probably advise you not to. What's the size of the gaming closet? I got to ask, because, you know, you've also mentioned in some other chats, there's some, there, there's probably a, a, a number that I will not mention of various Kickstarters that are at least having a side eye kept on them. But t tell me about the storage for this. It's overflowing. I have one dedicated bookcase that it's overflowing, and I've got board games scattered throughout. 
And there's obviously the board games for the kids and there's monopolies and stuff, but of serious board games, I probably have about over 30 that I consider serious gaming board games, um, which I'm very fortunate because the guy whose house our gaming group is at, he's got over 200. So he has most of them. So I don't have to buy that many. But yes, I have probably backed about around 15 Kickstarter games. And I've got a couple. I just backed cut another that, one. Cut recently. that. Cut that. Censor it. Cut it. <laughs> that No one needs to know that. But it's it's just one of those things. I love it. And granted, I've got games that I've got. And I'm, they're still on my to playlist. But it's a blast. I'm going to put this here. And Dan could keep it or not keep it. I've backed one Kickstarter board game. And it is it is by far, I think, our favorite board game to play if you have 10 people to play it. It is called Secret Hitler. I have that game. My sister oh, got in. Here's the see. thing. It's one of those games that because of the theme, like, oh, you we weren't sure. We but it's so good. It's, it's it's a good social deduction game. Yes, but you need is. the right crew to play with it. That is that is a game. Yeah, I, that's a game I play with my family because my family is the the correct group to play that kind of game. I mean, and it gets loud. It yeah, gets it, loud. It, people get hostile with one another. We we bought it when we backed it. We got like a Prince version, so we literally printed it out and cut out the pieces. And then eventually, when they got the full game, you know, they sent it to us with like all the hard pieces to it. But that is, but you, you mentioned Kickstarter. That's the one Kickstarter that I backed, and it, it might be my family's favorite game at this point. Nice. That's good. It's a it's a solid social deduction game. Mm-hmm. We've had some good arguments over yes. it, going back and forth <laughs> and trying to figure out who's who and everything. And so we, my game group really loves those social deduction games. So if you like that, another game you would like, it's called Sheriff of Nottingham. Great game. You're the sheriff. Trying, people are trying to bring goods into the market and you're trying to find out who actually has real goods and who's trying to smuggle contraband in and it's we've had some wonderful <laughs> rounds of that but again it's social deduction it's social you deduction to, you have to be careful who you play it with uh some of the guys in the group <laughs> played it with their wives and they're like you couldn't because it's all about lying and and the wives didn't like that so <laughs> I'm throwing one more out. I could do a whole podcast on social deduction board games. One more. One Night Werewolf. That's it. I'm going to put that one out there. One Night Werewolf very fast. And we're going to move on just there Okay. to the future. So future games we're looking forward to. The first one. No surprises here. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, all right. I'll ask. Why? Why are you excited for this game? I mean, the Breath of the Wild was just a wonderful game. I, okay. I love Zelda. Okay. If my wife asked me the other day, which which brand I like better, Mario or Zelda? And my answer was, it's Mario Kart first, then it's all the Zelda, and then it's the rest of the Mario stuff. So that's where my breakup is. But because growing up on the NES, Zelda 2 is one of my favorite games. I just, every Zelda game I've played, I loved. And with Breath of the Wild, just this wonderful open world, just going through there. And again, also probably because my daughters have gotten into it and they love playing it granted the youngest i keep i was talking about she was five she's now seven but uh, she loves horses so all she does in there is she goes and she gets horses and she rides horses around in zelda she just has a blast the oldest she's going through and she just beat three of the divine beasts yesterday she'd been there but hadn't 
beat them yet. And she just went through. And so it's just a wonderful thing. So now I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes. But I'll say this. If they make me start over and have to go get all my items again, I'm going to be upset. Or I got the Master Sword. Continue the story. Let me keep it. But I'm just looking forward to it. You're going to be upset. I know. That's my prediction right now. You're gonna you lost the sword, you put it away. It's you're you're gonna be upset. <laughs> All right, second, last game looking forward to Pandemic Clone Wars board game. Yes. So this is the pandemic game uh, where you're going through, you're this scientist and you're trying to stop these viruses that are spreading throughout the world. Obviously, this is an older game, but it got a real revival two years ago for some reason. People just during the lockdown, a lot was a hot item definitely game people were buying. They've gone through and started reskinning the game with different themes. This is a Clone Wars version. So you can be Obi-Wan, you can be Anakin, you can be Ahsoka, and you're going through there. Instead of the virus, it's the droids that are spreading throughout. And so mm. it's it's when I'm excited. I know it's already out, but I mentioned it to my family about for Christmas. So I can't buy it yet because I've gotten in trouble in the past for like buying the stuff that I want and them not having any gifts. So it's something I said I want it. So it's on my looking forward to list because I can't play it yet. So but it, it's pandemic's a fun game. It's one of those co-op games that can be challenging where it just you take a turn, something bad happens. You take a turn, something bad happens. And that works well in the Clone Wars. Wars, a setting of Star Wars. Everything you do, here's more droids just thrown out there. So I'm looking forward to playing that one. All right, Jedi, one of the things we do through the course of the podcast here is we take one of the quests or questions from the history of Channel 3 and ask for you to discuss it. The one that we have picked for you is perfectly appropriate. We asked, what is the best video game board game crossover? (laughs) I remember my answer. And in fact, I was the one that posted this question as an option to become a quest. You don't say um, what a coin. I know. Imagine that. <laughs> so, um, the game that I put was Trogdor, the board game, but Trogdor was this little, they had homestarrunner.com and they had this character strong bad and he would check emails, which are hilarious. I was in college when this was all going on. But one of the days he like came up with this dragon that has like this big beefy human arm and it just goes around the towns and it burns the villagers. It and did, then no, 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 well, no, 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 it does burninates. not. It does not. It burninates. Yes. It burninates. burninates. I'm, you know, it burninates. You Ray is confused. You're, you're Ray, going, Ray was all. still Ray was still in diapers when Homestar this Runner was around. What is Flash is animation? Yeah. What what is Flash? <laughs> what is this about? Pretty soon you're gonna have me talking as strong bad, but um so they they came up with this flash game where you were Trogdor and the whole thing you it starts up and you're just running around this little square and there's little villages and the peasants come out and you have to burn peasant or you eat the peasants and then once you eat so many then you get burninate ability and fire shoots out of your mouth and you go through and you burn the countryside but there's knights and soldiers that are coming out trying to attack you and so the creators for homestarrunner.com only a couple years ago went through and turned that into a board game so it's a five by five tile game that's on there and you're Trogdor and you're going around burning and then you flip it over and the backside, the whatever design was on that tile, that backside, it's all burned up. And the goal is to go through and burn it. So it's almost exactly like that flash game. And I wasted so much time in college playing that game that I had it. 
I backed it on Kickstarter. And this was one of the Kickstarter games I backed. And so um, I got it and I played it, just had a blast with it. And everybody like that I went to college with when they saw it, they're like, oh, we have to play that. And so it's been one of those great memory ones. But it is, it's almost exactly like that Flash game was. And so that was kind of a nostalgic and um, exact answer to that. But there are several, several great games that cross over. I'm going to move this along before Ray comes in and make some sort of ageist comment again. So, Ray, let's get to the next question. Last question. We ask everybody, what has been your favorite Channel 3 feature up to this point? My favorite feature is definitely the clips of the week. I just absolutely love that. I love trying to find one to submit, which is expected. Most of mine have been Mario Golf. There's been some cart, some smash, but going through there. And I just love seeing everybody's clips that they submit, the variety of them. And yeah, we have a lot of the ones that are, you know, the Mario Kart, Mario Golf. You've got uh, Rocket League. you got Fortnite. Those tend to be the big ones. But then you'll get these random uh, games that are different that are in there. It's just fun just seeing everyone succeed with that and go through and, hey, this was awesome, and share that moment. And then seeing the highlight reel at the end. I submitted my second Marvel Snap uh, submission this week. So I'm with you. I'm I'm all for the random games ending up on there. Yeah, geez, Marvel Snap is really I feel like it's really taken over the site, and like it, it shouldn't. Like it, it shouldn't be this, this like great. It, you know, you can't even play other people. You, you, you're playing random people supposedly, but you know, I don't, I don't believe them. Uh, but yes, man, that game is just taken over. By by the time this comes out, we will have gotten through the game awards, and just so you're aware, you're going to see over the next like week and a half a bunch of game award polls based on their nominees. I have concerns about the state of the Channel Three community if Marvel Snap does not win Best Mobile Game. Oh, I should go. I know I have to go vote. If you haven't voted, obviously this will be too late. Said, but you do get to vote for these things. I have to go do that. I actually haven't played Marvel Snap, so. Yeah, Don't do it. Save there. yourself, Jedi. Save yourself. Okay. It's all I do. <laughs> and with that, we have made it to the end of another podcast. Our guest was c3.gg slash Jedi Johan. You can find the podcast at c3.gg slash podcast dropping Wednesday mornings at 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am El Ray. Dan Tucker runs this whole show. Jedi Johan once again our guest have a good day everybody there that's good there i got it at the end we did it we did it <laughs> i don't know what happened like okay. like you said it was the i think it was the 955 thing got in my head started started too early the we are never yeah i mean we will end up doing a monday again sometime i'm sure but never again are we doing a monday it's terrible <laughs> <laughs>